Day and welcome to another episode of Live Till 5. It's Friday, March 1st, 3.06 p.m. Broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio. Glad to have you with you. Glad to have you with us today. I need another sip of my PG Tips Best Tea in Britain. Hold on. Uh, helps me clear up some of the brain fog drinking some of this freshly brewed tea here at the KHMG studios. Hey, if you uh, are near a computer and you can log into Facebook, you can watch the show on Facebook Live today. Now, we're working through some of the technical issues. We have multiple cameras going on here, but uh, love to have you log in to Facebook Live and, and let us know you're watching. Give us a little thumbs up there. Share it. You can also leave us a little message there and give us some feedback about the show. Speaking of feedback about the show, this is episode 305. Last week, episode 304, we were talking about meat in a can, spam. We got a lot of feedback from that episode. Who would have ever thought spam would be such a popular topic? But we heard from many people uh, from all corners of Guam that listened to at least part of the show and had comments about spam and wanted to talk about spam. And then, not so ironically, Monday I was walking by the window of a local grocery store a few blocks here from Harvest, and I saw this big sign. Matter of fact, this sign, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show everyone uh, on Facebook Live right now. You can see it there. See the sign? If you're on Facebook Live, you see it. Don't you want to go to Facebook Live now, now that you know that we're showing specific things? Of course, that's me baiting you into going to Facebook. There you go. You can see Chris Harper's head right next to the sign, by the way. Yeah, it's the sign for win a trip to the Spam Jam Festival. Spam Jam Festival. 
uh, enter a chance to win a trip for two to the Spam Jam Festival in Honolulu, Hawaii, Saturday, April 27th, 2019. You also, there are going to be 10 lucky winners. Now, lucky might be a, you know, you know, in the eye of the beholder type thing, but uh, for Spam gift baskets, plus there's $1,000 spending cash for one lucky winner. I don't know if you have to spend any of that on Spam itself. The Spam Jam is going to be in Waikiki. It's a big festival. And uh, you get an entry form with every purchase of two cans of Spam family products. And and uh, they're selling a lot of different Spam products here in Guam, as we talked about last week. Sponsored by Hormel, of course. And then whoever's uh, selling Spam here on Guam, of course, is you can go just about to any store and get a can of Spam. You buy two, you can get this entry form to go to Spam Jam in Honolulu, Hawaii, Saturday, April 27, 2019. Anyway, I thought it was it was uh, timely. And as I was preparing for the show, one of our fellas here in the IT department said, oh, I got to show you a picture of something. And he had a picture of the same poster from a different store. So this is a big deal. I think his was from Cost You Less and mine was from... Uh, the JS store or something like that. I can't remember right now. So anyway, hey, it's episode 305 and it is March 1st. And today at Harvest Christian Academy, everyone's dressed in island wear because we observed Chamorro Heritage Day today. Monday is the holiday itself. I'm going to talk a little bit about that. But being March 1st, let me just ask you, just be honest. How are you doing on those New Year's resolutions, maybe those fitness decisions or maybe those diet dietary choices? Well, here's an article from World Magazine, the February 2nd edition. Want to avoid the New Year's crowd at the gym next year? Just wait until January 12th. In a report published by Strava, social networking website for athletes, researchers found most people have abandoned their health-related New Year's resolutions by January 12th. A different study published by scientists at the University of Scranton found that only 8% of people were able to fulfill their New Year's resolutions. How are you doing on that now two months into it? March 2nd, or March 1st, if you're listening to the live broadcast, well... Here's some observances from Bob the Librarian. He's, he gives us uh, this material every every month, and it's great to get listener-submitted content. So, Bob, thank you very much. He's a librarian. He's a registrar. All-around great guy. March is Action and Skill Toys Month. Adopt a Rescued Guinea Pig Month. Airport Syndrome Awareness Month. Alport, sorry, had a smudge on my glasses. Alport syndrome, I'm sure that's something different than airport syndrome. American Red Cross Month, Asset Management Awareness, Bell Peppers and Broccoli, Berries and Cherries, mm. Brain Injury Awareness, Child Life Month, Colic Awareness, uh, Colorectal Cancer Education and Awareness, Credit Education Month, and Deaf History Month, Starts on the 13th and goes through the middle of April. So those are some of the monthly observances. There are a lot of observances in February. If you want to start a new observance, I would 
or March, I would not recommend doing March because March is just full of them. Sorry, I got a little brain fog. Here, let me take another sip of my PG Tips Best Tea in Britain. Or Britain's Favorite Tea, I think, is the, the logo on the box. Britain's Favorite Tea, and it's a, it's a fresh brewed. And I got to say, it's better than Lipton or Louisiana, honestly. I like it. It's it's very good, and it's very refreshing, and it's helping me get through my brain fog. I keep saying things the wrong way today. I called some of my best friends in the world by the wrong names, so you know it's it's been a long day. Uh, this week, Festival of Owls Week starts today. National Cheerleading Week starts today. Ghost Riders Week starts today. Uh, let's see, National Pet Sitters. Write a letter appreciation week. A letter of appreciation week. Uh, let's see here. Texas Cowboy Poetry Week starts um, tomorrow. Celebrate Your Name Week starts Sunday, as well as National Consumer Protection Week. I just heard on the radio uh, this last week, by the way, I think it was on the stormy day, I heard it on the radio, that the guy who was the consumer advocate that had the TV show in the 1980s called Fight Back... I don't know if you remember that show or not. Fight Back, and it was basically a consumer advocate show, and they would find, like, rip-offs and, and uh, mis- misstated advertisements and things like that, and then they would do a big show about it. It was funny because they did an episode about the United Super Grocery Store that I worked at because they had, like, a sign for, like, 19 cents per pound of beef, and it was supposed to be $2.19 or something like that. They kind of out them on television. It was entertaining back then. Anyway, he passed away this week. Uh, But it was uh, National Consumer Protection Week is what I got thinking there. Uh, Dental Assistant Recognition Week starts on the 3rd. Procrastination Week starts on the 3rd. Words Matter. Ebook Week. Return Borrowed Books. I'm sure Bob the Librarian appreciates that. That starts on the 3rd. Save Your Vision Week. Teen Tech Week. Telecommuter Appreciation. Women in Construction, those all start on the 3rd. On the 4th, National School Breakfast Week. You know you can get breakfast here at Harvest Christian Academy? Yep, every day. Women of Aviation Worldwide, Catholic Sisters Week, Rattlesnake Roundup, American Council on Education starts in a week. There you go. Those are some of the weekly observances. And then as far as the daily observances go, being the 1st, you have, uh, let's see here, March 1st, Asiatic Fleet Memorial Day. Dress in Blue Day. I missed that one. Employee Appreciation. Uh, International Women of Color Day. National Fruit Compote Day. National Horse Protection Day. Peanut Butter Lovers Day. Pig Day. Salesperson Day. Speech and Debate Education Day. Uh, Let's see here. Plan a Solo Vacation Day. That doesn't sound like that much fun. Read Across America. Not Retired Day, Self-Injury Awareness, uh, let's Share a Smile Day, St. David's Day, World Civil Defense, World Compliment Day, and Zero Discrimination Day is today. Tomorrow, the 2nd of March, Dr. Seuss Day. I think we talked about that last year. The Iditarod starts tomorrow. National Banana Cream Pie Day, Frozen Food Day, National Old Stuff Day, Pasty Day, those are those little... It's kind of like a, a 
really bad tasting hot pocket. Um, let's see here. Sock Monkey Day, Soup It Forward Day, and Texas Independence Day. The third, Bonza Butler Day. It's 3 3. When the month and the day have the same number, it's a Bonza Butler Day. Daughters and Sons Day, Finishers Medal Day, I Want to Be Happy Day. If Pets Had Thumbs Day, come on, people are stretching for these now. Here we go. International Ear Care Day. National Anthem Day, Cold Cuts Day, Navy Reserve's Birthday, Peach Blossom Day, Simplify Your Life Day, World Wildlife Day, the fourth, Courageous Follower Day, Fun Facts About Names Day, Hug a GI Day, uh, Marching Music Day, National Grammar Day, Pound Cake Day, Old Inauguration Day, the fifth is uh, Mardi Gras in New Orleans. Uh, let's see here. Cheese Doodle Day, Pancake Day at IHOP. I believe they give away some kind of great deal on that. I don't want to say they give away free pancakes, and everyone goes over there and says, "Hey, Live Till Five said you're giving away free pancakes." I. It seems like they do some special promotion on Pancake Day, but you might want to check ahead. Check their Facebook page. Uh, town Meeting Day in Vermont. That's kind of obscure. And, but we have people in Vermont listening, so, you know, could could be that they're going to celebrate that on the 5th. And Unique Names Day. The 6th is Ash Wednesday, Day of the Dude, Dentist Day, What Your Name Means Day, Dress Day, Oreo Cookie Day, White Chocolate Cheesecake Day, Peace Corps Day. And then the 7th, Alexander Graham Bell Day, Name Tag Day, National Be Heard Day, Cereal Day, you know, like with milk for breakfast, uh, Crown Roast of Pork Day, Hospitalist Day, and World Book Day, to name a few. So thank you, Bob, for providing those for us. And uh, listeners, you know, you can actually watch the show today if you'd like, you know, if you're so inclined. We are going to talk about Guam and tomorrow history today. It's Tomorrow Heritage Day on Monday, and I just came across a little... Something that explains the day here at Harvest Christian Academy and Harvest Ministries. We all wore our island shirts and some island wear. Many of us did today. It was a good excuse to wear my favorite island shirt and a pair of jeans to work. Uh, Let's see here. So I came across on a website, Guam History and Chamorro Heritage Day. The Chamorros, Guam's indigenous people, settled the islands approximately 4,000 years ago. Portuguese explorer Ferdinand Magellan was the first European to visit the island March 6, 1521. Guam History and Tomorrow Heritage, on the first Monday in March, will kick off tomorrow month's festivity. Bill number 286-32, relative to establishing Guam History and Tomorrow Heritage Day as a legal holiday of the government of Guam. Okay, so this was sponsored by Morrison, Ada, Duanus, Uggen, McCready, um, back in 2014. But basically, there was a there was a move to make it a legal holiday, and so we get Monday off school, and excited about that. So anyway, what we're gonna do? We're gonna take a little break. We're listening to a little Harvest highlights, and then we'll be right back. Let me see that. For those watching online, you can see this very special segue sign here. So we will be right back after this short break. You're listening to episode 305 of. Live Till 5, our live local talk and variety program. Listen online at khmg.org. Watch online through Facebook Live. Right now we're live, and we will take a break and be right back after this.
And we're back with a little more Live Till 5. Welcome back to episode 305 on Friday, March 1st, 3.27 p.m. Sitting here in the studio, and if you're near your computer and you can turn on your Facebook, you can watch us live. Matter of fact, right now, we're live. It's just me and Sebastian sitting here. The microphone's right now. Sebastian's sitting there. You know, it's like watching yourself watch yourself. It's kind of this endless loop. Do I have you on? There you go. Hold on. There we go. I'm here. There yes. you go. Sorry. That's okay. People just watched me make a mistake. So, yeah, this is fun. <laughs> this is this extra is pressure. Yeah. So we, <clears throat> right now, by the way, we're uh, not a sponsor, but drinking a little bit of this PG Tips Tea. It's really good. Uh, Chris got this. He ordered it online. Only two pounds and 65 pence. I think that's how they say it there. Maybe it's a uh, tuppence. Is that uh, 265 tuppence? I'm not sure. Um, but basically, this is supposedly the uh, Britain's favorite tea. It's uh, Rainforest Alliance certified. Been around for 85 years. And it's great for a little cuppa. And the little tea bags are kind of like a little pyramid. Yeah, Britain's number one tea brand, PG Tips. Highly recommend it. I like it better than Lipton or Lusienne, so... If you're a hot tea drinker, this is really good. And uh, I'm also, speaking of uh, not a sponsor officially, but this right here, you know what that is? Anyone? That is a no-bake chocolate cookie made by the staff baker, Jessica, who is, uh, she's back at it, folks. She's making some tasty treats for Live Till 5 and... We're going to be sampling those. Sebastian, I don't know how you do it, man. Uh, so does Jessica make stuff like this for you every week? Uh, she, she likes to make stuff like randomly, and I'll encourage her one way or another. Like, hey, maybe this will be good. I, I mentioned this. I really like these no-bakes. And uh, for those premium viewers who are on Facebook, you actually see what it is and Jared eating it. Um, <laughs> and uh, I... Yeah, I just really like these cookies, and I know we haven't had them for a long time. All it is is just um, Hershey's chocolate chips, and you have to melt it down, and some uh, some oatmeal, um, or sorry, some oats, not oatmeal, um, oats, and maybe a couple other things. Oh, peanut, peanut butter. butter. Yep. Peanut butter. Those are the basic And you refrigerate it. You refrigerate it. And I mean, I've had the kind where they're undercooked and they're sticky. I've had them where they're super dry. But really, there's no such thing as a bad no-bake cookie. But these right here, this is textbook. This is the way they're supposed yeah. to be. Well, you can't undercook them because they can't. No, they get like soggy, like too much um, moisture in them or whatever. Not undercooked, but under, like they, they don't set up. Yeah, you have to they, you have to mix it just gooey. right. Yeah, I think. Exactly. yeah, and get yep. the right get the right amount. This is the man. exact right proportion. Mm. They're very good. Yes, very good. Now I notice there's right now there's two of us in the studio. And there's about fifty cookies, and you got fifty cookies. <laughs> so that's uh that's quite the ratio. But I'm sure we're gonna break into those a little more later. But speaking of cookies, I have some stranger than fiction uh, for the listening audience. You know, because oftentimes truth is stranger than fiction. I have two different stories today that were submitted by listeners. This one here, submitted by KC, who uh, used to live here on Guam, listens occasionally, and she sent this to me in Facebook Messenger this week, and she said she thought of me on this. Now, I'm not sure how to take that, so I'll read the story to the listeners, and then you can decide. 
Uh, let's see here. A group of Girl Scouts selling cookies outside a store in Greenville, South Carolina on Friday was surprised when a man gave them $40 for seven boxes and told them to keep the change. But then he returned to their table with another jaw-dropping offer. The man told the girls to, quote-unquote, pack up all their cookies and head home. I'm taking them all so you all can get out of this cold, he said. Kayla Dillard, the cookie sales manager for Troop 1574, and the scouts were speechless after the man handed over $540. We were all in total shock, Dillard recalled to Yahoo Lifestyle, noting um, he bought at least seven different kinds of cookies, including the popular Thin Mints and Caramel Delights. See how they did a little product placement even in the news story there. Dillard said the girls scrambled to calculate the man's total and gathered all the boxes together. Afterward, Mr. Man paused to pose with two of the girls who were wearing brownie uniforms. Greenville woman later took, face, took to Facebook to share the unbelievable story. What an amazing soul, she gushed in the post, which has been, since been deleted. As of Tuesday afternoon, the post received nearly 10,000 shares and hundreds of comments. Dillard said she didn't know his name, though many Facebook friends came forward to identify him. He mentioned he owned several businesses, she told Yahoo Lifestyle. We assumed he was going to give the cookies away. Uh, so what happened in the story, though, is, um, as I don't seem to have the second page, <laughs> he was a drug dealer, and he had multiple warrants out on him, and a suspected drug dealer, like... Fentanyl, heroin. I mean, this guy was basically Al Capone came in and bought the whole table of cookies. I mean, he was he's he's suspected to be a very bad person, but he he was generous. These Girl Scouts and he bought all their cookies, but because he posed for the picture, you know, uh, he was identified and arrested, wow. and that's kind of the rest of the story. And um, if you read the whole story on Fox News or anywhere. The thing that uh, is really interesting is the guy. He's he's actually a, a you know slim, tall guy, but his uh, nickname is Fat. So I don't know if that plays into it or not. Fat McGowan, I think, is his name. Is his nickname at least? So it's like Daryl is his real name, and Fat is his nickname. Which I guess if you buy five hundred dollars worth of cookies at a time, you could get the nickname Fat. I think the reason why KC gave me a hard time is because I had an incident with some Girl Scouts here at the Harvest Campus where one sweet little elementary age girl came to early care and said, would you like to buy some Girl Scout cookies? And all the little classmates gathered around as she handed me the little sheet. And I started marking off the different kinds that I wanted. And I ended up marking off 10 when I got to the end of the, the row. And I was like, oh, no, I got 10 boxes. I'm like, that's okay, 10 boxes. How much, how much will I owe you when they come in? Well, they're $5 a piece. I'm like, oh, no, $50 <laughs> worth of cookies. So I didn't uh, share this information with my wife <laughs> until the cookies arrived. And she, she came up to me, this little girl, Girl Scout, and she had a huge bag of Girl Scout cookies, and it has the Girl Scout logo on the side. And she said, here's your cookies. I need my $50. And I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. So I had to uh, share with my wife yeah. that I had I had uh, been a little generous. But, you know, it, it, in all fairness, I mean, it's hard to say no when a little Girl Scout's trying to buy 
and sell you cookies. I, I had the same thing. Did that happen to you in early care? Possibly? It happened in early yeah, care. Yeah, because I yep. had it when I worked extended care. and yep. Probably the same. It's the same cookie cartel. Oh, it probably is. But the problem was um, I, I got the boxes. I knew how much it cost. Uh, and, you know, it was not going to come for like a couple months, right? That's mm-hmm. how it works. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know this, but when I was ordering, I was like, yeah, I totally want those coconut caramel delights or whatever they're called. Yep. Those are the best ones. Obviously, but uh, a couple months later, I didn't know this, but I actually ended up going on a diet, and uh, <laughs> yeah. what that meant was she was like, okay, I have all your cookies ready, and I'm like, oh, no, I can't have any of these, so I got all these delicious cookies, and I was on a diet, and it was just like the start of my diet, too, so I was like, man, so I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't break my diet, and, and I... Ended up giving a lot of the cookies away. And yeah, that's what I did too. Very sad. I yeah. I resold one or two boxes because uh, someone had to send them off as a gift to someone, and then I brought in a bunch of boxes into the office and gave them away and shared them. And then I we ate some, even though we were supposed to be starting our diet. <laughs> but I gave so many away so quickly that when I came across another Girl Scout table, uh, at Again, a shopping center. I ended up buying six more boxes. Yeah, we. Uh, you know what? We did the same thing. Yes, we actually went to the yep. Kenya and we took a picture with them and everything. Yes, Thankfully, right. I'm not right. like a yeah, crime right. Exactly. Yep. yep. Um, but yeah, we we uh, were feeling generous that day, and yeah. just uh-huh. you know what? You guys earned it. You're standing out here. There you go. We bought those cookies that I couldn't have the last year. Yes. So. Well, yeah. there you go. Thanks, girls. Well, you Thank girl you. scouts, you got us. Okay, well, here's here's a couple other uh, stories before we take another break here. Uh, in Nairobi, Kenya, a Kenyan court charged seven men on Wednesday for impersonating President Uhuru Kenyatta and swindling a prominent businessman out of 10 million shillings. That's $100,000. And yet another high-profile corruption case. The suspects uh, called uh, the tire firm... Samir Africa, um, let's see here. Let, let me just kind of give you the rundown. Basically, they impersonated the president, and someone thought they were doing business with a high-ranking government official, and they weren't. Speaking of impersonating high-ranking government official, I heard about this on the news, and I looked it up today. In Hanoi, an Australian comedian who impersonates North Korean leader Kim Jong-un said on Monday authorities were deporting him from Vietnam some 24 hours before the real Kim was due to arrive for a summit with U.S. President Donald Trump. He does look a lot like, I mean, at first glance, he looks a lot like Kim Jong-un. The Kim lookalike, who goes by, by the name Howard X, popped up in Vietnam's capital of Hanoi on Friday along with his partner who impersonates Trump, drawing crowds and media. The two real leaders were due to meet, of course, in Hanoi, and they already did, and it's already over. This is what he said. North Koreans have no sense of humor. (laughs) Satire is a powerful weapon against any dictatorship. The impersonator visited Singapore in June when Trump and Kim held their first summit and performed satirical stunts. He said he was briefly detained by the authorities there. I wouldn't mess with the the authorities in Singapore. I mean, they're they're no joke there. He also showed up at the 2018 Winter Olympics in South Korea, where he danced in front of an appalled North Korean cheer squad before security hauled him away. That's pretty funny, actually. Vietnam has tightened security around the capital ahead of the summit. Um, Anyway, so Howard X impersonating 
North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. Here's, uh, here's one more. Here's one more. This is the last of the people, Stranger Than Fictions. Uh, let's see here. A Russian cargo ship crashed into a bi-level bridge on the south coast of Korea while his captain was drunk, officials said Thursday. No injuries were caused during the bizarre crash, but sections of the Guahan Bridge in Busan were closed for precautionary purposes. It's not illegal to consume alcohol while aboard a ship, but it's illegal to sail a ship while intoxicated. Although it's unclear if the captain was at the helm of the Sea Grand vessel during the time of the crash, the ship was going the opposite direction of its planned course, and the captain had a blood alcohol level above the legal limit. The Sea Grand also reportedly hit a cruise ship moored in the nearby port an hour before the crash. Wow. The Korean Coast Guard said that nearly 6,000-ton cargo ship caused about a 15-foot hole in the lower portion of the Guahan Bridge. The captain apparently ignored radio signals from Coast Guards to change course because he does not speak English well. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to take a little break. And uh, while we're on break, let's sip a little more of my PG Tips tea. We're going to eat a little more of my Jessica Basildua cookies. And we're going to uh, chat, of course, with my homeboy there, Sebastian Basildua. So (laughs) stick around, listeners. This is episode 305 of Live Till 5, our live local talking variety program. If you ever miss part of the show, by the way, Saturdays noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m., catch us on The Rebound when we rebroadcast all two hours of the show or listen online, khmg.org, or right now go to Facebook and watch us on Facebook Live. We'll be right back after this short break. A little more live till five. It's Friday, March first, three forty-six p.m. Glad to have you with us today. And I've got uh, Chris Harper, station manager, all-around good guy here. And I'm uh, trying to. I'm working the cameras. I'm the uh, today. I'm the engineer, production manager, content uh, developer, host, cameraman, lead gaffer. The lead gaffer? I'm the lead gaffer. Who's the, like, the backup gaffer? Um, me, also. It's oh, my left okay, hand gotcha. and my right hand, I'm the basically. key grip. You're the key grip. <laughs> yep. Okay. And I'm also the uh, driver for uh, for the host. So uh, I get to do a lot of different things today. But um, actually, this is great. You can see on the camera your delightful-looking drink there. I mean, it's, it's perfect. The sun was, the light's just shining right through it, and you can see the multicolored nature of it. If you but, could zoom um, in, that'd be awesome. But yeah, I wish no, I don't know. You, you probably don't want to try. Yeah, no, no, we don't. We don't want to crash the system. But yeah, it does remind us that this segment is brought to us by the Hub, best little coffee shop on Guam, offering an endless variety. As you can see, coffees and teas, and baked goods, and uh, it's really good down there. Say hi to Jeremy and Megan and Mackie and Jilda and Sunny and uh, Cher. And Billy Joe Jimba. They're all very nice people down there. I made up a few of those names. But let's play a little What's in My Coffee video edition. Encourage our listeners to go to Facebook Live and watch us. Just go to Facebook, 
Go to uh, KHMG Harvest Family Radio, and you can actually watch us right now. But Chris, we'll let you go first uh, with your drink. What is it? I haven't even taste tasted like? yet. I, I it looks great. It. it looks great. Okay, it's definitely definitely a calamansi drink. Okay, but it's got a another flavor in it that I I'm I'm tempted to believe is is uh, cherry. Yeah, like a cherry limeade. Does it, or ta- does it taste like cherry? Because I think you have the same. You guys thing probably as I have do. the same thing. I can't give away my information. Well, you can. Wow. You're just choosing it's, not. It's to. a calam. <laughs> it's good though. It's really yeah. good. It's it's um it's refreshing. It's cold. It's iced. It's uh well. And it's a rich dark red. It's not your it typical uh, red color. So it's not a strawberry. I but don't the calamansi color, that yellow color, mm-hmm. was separated from that yep. deep red color at the top. Yep. It looked kind of cool. It's very distinct I've... on the on the camera. You can right. see it very clearly, and then you can see Sebastian's has been stirred together. Right. Yeah. It's it's tasty. I'm. You I'm get it again. To think. I would get it again. I don't get too many cold drinks, but mm-hmm. but I, I'm tempted to say it's a calamansi, perhaps cherry, or blackberry, maybe something mm-hmm. like that, or like I, I don't know another another berry flavor a of berry? some sort, okay. perhaps. All right. What about you, so, Sebastian? What do you think? Yeah. Have you ever had those like g- gummies that were like circular gummies that were red and yellow? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah. That yeah, that's yeah. what I, that's what I first thought of when I that's right. saw this. Yep. Now it's just, yeah, it's kind of mixed together now, but definitely, um, it's definitely calamansi with, with, uh, something red, which, yeah, I think it's probably cherry. Um, yeah, it goes great washing down these wonderful, uh, yeah, hold up that tray of cookies where they're at right there because the camera can get a nice shot of that. So those that are watching on Facebook Live can, uh, just feel. That you know they That's they good. wish they were here. You know we wish you were here with us. As he peels back the plastic, there you can see. Oh yeah, those are beautiful. If you're not on Facebook Live right now, you should be. Wow. You would you would um, vicariously enjoy what we're doing. Wow. You're sort of like that that premium listener that we've That's been right. talking about. Premium right? listener. You've got sort of the, the and for uh, this month. There's no charge for premium listening. Go no to our Patreon, though. I'm just kidding. We don't no, no, no Patreon. <laughs> this, there's no no levels on Patreon. There's no uh, secret society here. No. Um, so now we'll, uh, because uh, as a cameraman, I'm switching camera angles here. Mine is kind of a giveaway because you can see here, there's a little Mighty Leaf tea bag. And it looks like I have organic emerald matcha, which is a green tea, steep for three minutes, which I think I'm at the top of the three minutes. So I'm going to get rid of this tea bag here in a second. Very good. Uh, it has that matcha earthiness, so that's a polarizing flavor. Some people do not like matcha; it, they just it's their least favorite. But if you like green tea, this is a very, very good tea, and it's not a powder; it's a leaf tea in a bag, so very good. So matcha, it's earth flavor, earthy like, flavored. So yes, that's did you a hear compliment. The joke about coffee? No, it's like uh, this coffee tastes like tastes like uh, mud. Yeah. It was ground this morning. Oh, no. <laughs> Got it. Okay, that's good. Lovely. Okay. All right. So uh, now, uh, as we drink our drinks, thank you, by the way, to our friends, the baristas down at the Hub, for making these drinks for us every single week. For the last five and a half years, they've been making drinks for us, and um, uh, we're very grateful. That's a lot of free drinks. If, if we're getting $25 worth of drinks, and we have... Four times a month times 12 months, 
it's a hundred that's twelve hundred dollars a year plus the extra two weeks so you know it's we'll just round it down to twelve hundred a year times five years that's six thousand dollars worth of drinks i hope the irs doesn't tax us for those that's six hundred thousand pennies it's product yeah wow how many um i wonder how many um pence pence that would be because i don't know you know we I'm, I'm showing maybe, the back. Maybe of the one of our listeners can calculate that. For yeah, us. we have some people listening. We had How someone comment on sterling? our haircuts. Uh, we had, uh, you know, we got people listening from all over. So glad to have you guys with us. Now, Sebastian, uh, do you have a quiz for us today? I I do. But I do oh yeah, one. you know what? We're close to the top of the hour. We got we have time. Once you once you here, I'm gonna switch the camera off of you so you can scurry out and grab the quiz. Or do you have it with you? It's on the back of oh, it's the on the back right of your back be right sign back. Was there you the go. quiz? All right. Well, we got about nine minutes. So, all right, Sebastian, well, why don't you hit us with this right. quiz? Yeah, I'll hit you with this quiz. How about that? All right. This is an island quiz. But um, there we go. That'll be good enough for my music. It's a little. You guys are gonna be guessing. I know it. It's really just kind of um. You guys will be learning wild something. guesses. Yes, you guys will be learning. That's what okay. it's like. Just like any other quiz. That's what this show take. is all about: lifelong <laughs> learning. You you learn as you take the quiz. Most that that's me. what really put us on the map is the learning element of this show. Yeah, which map? The map, the biz <laughs> map. Oh, okay, the Speaking, map that yes. they talk about in the biz all the time. Speaking perhaps. of maps, all right, we're gonna talk about islands today, and so. Um, Kind of mysterious islands and just some interesting facts about islands. So, uh, question number one. I'll start with Jared. Which island just off the coast of Nova Scotia, Canada, is known as the Graveyard of the North Atlantic because because of the approximately 350 shipwrecks on the island shores? Mm. Easter Island, Sable Island, Aquidneck Island, or Ramsey Island? Easter, Sable Aquidneck, Ramsey. Aquidneck, I would say. Aquidneck. Hmm. I never revealed the drinks, by the way. Um. <laughs> hibiscus calamansi is what you guys are drinking. Oh, there it's oh, the hibiscus. new hibiscus tea combined with calamansi. Yeah, all right. Oh. That's a special new drink. Okay. It's on the special menu. They have a little flyer down there that shows a beautiful picture of it, by the way. It's good. Everyone should get that. And I have a hot organic emerald, and then Josh is going to get the ginger twist. Okay, so which island there? Uh, I I don't I haven't heard any of those. I heard of any yeah, of those. Sorry, islands. like I said, you're Easter Island. I mean, Easter Island seems like the name of an island. It, it kind of rings a bell. So I'll just go for that. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think I'm glad you chose that. You both are wrong. It's Sable Island. Sable it's a small crescent shaped island southeast of Halifax, Nova Scotia. Fogs, currents, and the island's location in the middle of a major transatlantic shipping route are to blame for approximately 350 ships. Mm. Wow. Now litter the ocean floor. All right, Easter next. Island's in the South Pacific. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. All right, next question. Okay. What island just off the coast of what is now North Carolina was home to the 115 English settlers in 1587, but who three, three years later were gone with only a single word? A Cro- Croatian or a Croaton? I don't know how they would pronounce it. Croaton? Uh, found carved into a wood post. Was Is it Ellis Island, Roanoke Island, Cumberland Island, or Block Island? Which one of those had 150 English settlers that just mysteriously disappeared okay. with that word? Uh, Pastor Jared, are you going first? Roanoke. Roanoke Island? Um, it doesn't sound right when you say it out loud. But I, I, I have a good feeling about it. 
Uh, can you name those islands for me again? Ellis, Roanoke, I think it's Ellis. Cumberland, or Block Island. Uh, Block Island? Hmm. Don't know. Very good guess. Jared, you get the point. It is Roanoke. As the mystery goes, John White led a group of settlers from England to Roanoke Island in 1587 okay. and returned to get supplies, to, to England to get supplies, but was called into war against Spain. When he finally arrived back in 1590... He found no trace of his family and other settlers. Just the one word, uh, Croatian or Croatoan. I don't know how they pronounce it. Um, it. But that is the name of an island south of Roanoke. And one theory holds that they were either killed or abducted by Native Americans from from mm. there. Oh, so, wow. But, but I remember either, that either, vaguely from, yeah. from history class. Hmm. Either, either way, the mystery remains unsolved. That's what they say. All right. Uh, so I only have two more questions. Which Alaskan island is the second largest island in the United States and is known for its king crab and bear population. Uh, I know Ma- that one. Mackinac, <laughs> Mackinac, Kodiak, Bear Crab Island, or Santa Catalina Island? I don't think it's Mackinac. Uh, that's, in, that's in Lake Michigan. Um, I think it's Kodiak. I would say Kodiak. Kodiak Island. You can go to the dump there and... Check out the bears because that's Big where grizzlies, the bears are. Yeah, Big Kodiak old, grizzlies, yeah. They're not grizzlies. They're brown bear. Okay. Yeah. It's a different kind of bear. It's similar to the moose are different in mm. Alaska. Okay. They're different They're different uh, species. But, yeah, uh, Kodiak brown bear, they call them. Which go. are more dangerous in Alaska, Chris, moose or bears? Oh, bears by far, far. Really? Even though, even though there are more... I mean, you're you're more likely to have an encounter with a moose, yep. and they can be dangerous. But if you have an encounter with a brown bear, it's certain to be dangerous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Yep. All right. Well, the correct answer is Kodiak Island. It's located yep. off the southern coast of Alaska. It is a heavily forested island with some of the largest bears in the state. Wow. Yep. All right. That's why I had Jared go first. Cause I knew you knew right off the bat, but I didn't know if you knew. Yeah. Well, when you said Mackinac, I knew it wasn't that because Mackinac, that's a famous island we, in Lake Michigan yeah. there. We know oh, some very, yeah. uh, we know have some friends that uh, spent many, many years on Kodiak one more. Island. Yep. All right. Yep. Finishing off here. What is the largest island state that lies off the Australian mainland's southern coast? Oh. <clears throat> and all these are actual islands and they're yeah. all down in that location. Okay. Auckland Island. Kangaroo Island, Tasmania, or Macquarie Island? Tasmania. Yeah, it's Tasmania. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> it's the 26th largest island in the world. Yep. There's a population of 526,700 people. Promoted as a natural state, protected areas of Tas- Tasmania cover about 42% of its land area. Wow. So I that was all very, you know, yeah. uh, I learned something in, um, in that. That's great. So it was a great quiz. So who won? You did, Jared, with oh. one point. Oh, don't mention it. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. All right. Well, hey, we're going to take a break for the news, and in the second hour, we do have Josh Taylor coming up to join us. So, listeners, you stick around for the rest, the second hour of Live Till Five. It's episode three hundred and five on this Friday, March first. You're listening to Live Till Five on KHMG eighty-eight point one FM Harvest Family Radio, Barragata Guam. Back after the news.
And we're back with a little more live till five. We just got a a, a nice shot of Josh uh, uh, changing out his shirt there. Um, we forgot to tell Josh that he was on video. Hey. <laughs> so Wait, he was... had another shirt on underneath that shirt, folks. Yeah, yeah we're good. We're good. But uh, yeah, that was great. That was perfect timing. Uh, welcome back to Live Till 5. It's uh, episode 305 on this Friday, March 1st, 4.04 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. And as you can see, I've been joined in studio uh, by Josh Taylor, who is uh, he's he's a man about town this week. He's He's been one busy guy. A man about town? Man about town. That's, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you, you know. I'm all about it. I, yeah, I, or about as in like the about. traveling about. Yes, you're I'm, a boot I'm, I'm town. About it. Yes, you're a boot tune. You know, you're you're out there meeting people, shaking hands, kissing babies, um, taking care of problems, networking. <laughs> I I don't think I've ever networked in my life. At least not intentionally. <laughs> uh, I've I've broken a lot of networks before. Uh, yes, well, you know, you just you've had a full week. You've had a full week. You've been covering basically. Uh, a multiple roles as uh, one of the principals, but also filling in for Lawrence Nagengast as he's been gone, and uh, even Joyce Stouffer a little bit as they've been recruiting. Come for back, us. yeah, yeah. Please. We'll, we'll send him a. We'll just send him a little clip of that audio right there, so he can make it his ringtone. Yeah, uh, maybe. So, uh, so how has your week been, Josh? I mean, how are you feeling? Uh, it's. I've just come to realize that I really think Harvest Christian Academy would be a great school to have three principals. Mm, um, that's that's just idea. that's the main thing. But it, I mean, I've I've, I've enjoyed. Uh, it's given me an opportunity. Normally, I work with the fourth through si- uh, fourth through eighth grade students, and so this has given me a lot of opportunities to work uh, both above and be uh, below my comfort zone. Um, and I mean, honestly, it's just there. There's a lot of fun things that happen throughout the day. I went down today to uh, watch the Carabao, and I was wondering. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I got to see the, the Carabao rides. They didn't I, – I, I delivered the check. Mm-hmm. You would think the guy that's delivering Give the you check a free ride, would right? get a ride, yes. but he didn't. He didn't. I didn't. No. So they did say I could touch the horn. Uh, of the Carabao, but um, I didn't. I didn't take full advantage of that. But it was still. It was really cool. We got to see uh, the the um, things that the kindergartners and first graders were down there, or riding that bad boy all around, and a uh, uh, lot of respect uh, for those. But that is a that is a large creature. Yep, Carabao, yep. large creature. Yep. I wonder how much they eat every day. I didn't. There was I, a couple I, I years ago. That. They were giving away Carabao. They were looking for people on Guam. That would want to take a Carabao because they had a, a herd of them near Naval Magazine, which is a big water reservoir, mm. and they didn't want to have to cull the whole herd. And so they were looking for people and they could not get enough people to take them. And I imagine it's because the care, even though I'm sure they just graze and things, it's still going to be a lot, a lot of food and a lot of cleanup, as, yep. as you can imagine. Yep. I, 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 can, I can imagine. So, so I, I don't know, I don't know how much we want to get into that, but I can imagine. All right. Well, let me let me make a quick housekeeping note for our listeners as you get ready to do this day in history. Uh, for our listening audience, first off, if you're near your computer or your phone and you want to log into Facebook, you can watch us on Facebook Live right now. We're kind of piloting this to test it out. Chris has been using it also for take note in the afternoons, working through some of the bugs. So if you want to watch what's going on, which honestly. As I look around the room, 
You should be watching for sure. I mean, it's it's a no brainer. <laughs> I'm trying to adjust my headphones to where it covers yep. up my bald spot, but <laughs> the, if, the the shine is still there. That much the lower before I become Jordy LaForge. Yep. yep. All right. So and the, yeah, that's a, that's an obscure '90s reference there. Uh, Star Trek: Next Generation. Um, but listeners, it is episode 305. If you miss part of the show, you can tune in Saturdays from noon to two or Sunday nights, seven to nine p.m. Catch us on the rebound. We do that so that you can. Listen to the parts of the show that you miss. Most people don't listen to two straight hours of radio. They're in and out of their cars. They're uh, especially this time of the day on a Friday. A lot of people are very busy. Or if you just want to listen over and over again, of course, you can listen to those broadcasts. Or go to khmg.org. Khmg.org. You can download the podcast of this show. You can download the podcast to many other great programs we produce right here at the KHMG studios. So I want to encourage you to do that. And if you're on Facebook. Go ahead and click on Watch Live, even if you're doing it passively. Give us a little thumbs up. Give us a little smiley face. Give us a comment. Let us know you're listening. It's really encouraging to us. Last week, the spam show, the the meat in a can episode, we got a ton of feedback from people um, all week long talking about how we featured spam. And uh, who would have ever thought spam would be so popular? But um, I'm sure many people have said that. Now, Josh is here. Not only he's been filling in for Lawrence and many other ways, but he's filling in as the This Day in History radio historian. So, Josh, what happened this day in history? (laughs) Radio historian. Well, it was actually one week ago from uh, This Day in History when I was listening to that spam episode, and uh, the if there's some way... Uh, if we could get the Willy Wonka smell-o-vision, that mm, would have really yes. that would have enhanced that episode yep. a little bit I think more. if people right now, if they scratch the uh, screen of their computer or, or phone or tablet, they might be able to smell I these, can, these I can, chocolate cookies and drinks. I think know. I'm still picking up some of the spam from the microphone, whoever had this one last week. I'm oh, yeah. Pretty I sure think that, that was Ray's Romo. <laughs> so so what happened this day in history? Uh, well, I've got a couple of days here, if that's Which okay that with is, you. Yes, you're right. Yep, because uh, February 28th. Uh, but then today, I mean, honestly, if it wasn't for that whole 365 and a quarter, today would be February 29th. Oh, uh, that's true. The only thing is that it's actually March 1st, and we don't get February 29th until next year. So I did pull up a couple of things from February 29th as well. Um, shocking that not as many events happened on that day. Yep. my I have an uncle that was born on February 29th, and he's only celebrated, uh, I think— Let's see, if my dad's 64, he's, six, he's only celebrated like 17 birthdays. I was going to say, I'd, I'd probably go with yeah. about 25% of his birthdays yeah. is what he's yeah. actually celebrated. Yeah. My, my brother had the chance because uh, my uh, niece was going to be born by a cesarean, and so they were scheduling, okay, when are you going to come in? And they had the opportunity to come in on February 29th, and I am thinking – just extrapolating through the course of just you, just you'd say seventy five percent on, on all birthday presents. It would have been birthday tremendous. gifts, yes. And I would have, if it had been my child, and my wife is pretty sure of this. If it had been my child, I would not have celebrated their birthday unless no, it was on the. No, you just get one giant pinata every four years. Yep, yeah. So let's go to uh, February. Uh, just just going back time here, February twenty eighth. Uh, if I were to say the duo of. Crick and Watson, would you know who I'm talking about? I do, but that's because the paper was sitting on my desk earlier, so I'm gonna I'm going to abstain from this question. Crick and Watson? I I don't know that I'm familiar with that. Let me throw in double helix. Oh, like they discovered DNA or there something? There you or? go. Yes. Maybe oh, that was okay. now there's a lot of controversy that went along with that, but 
we're not about controversy here. I was actually no, going to throw no. in like a triple sow cow too, just to throw you <laughs> off with a double okay. helix. But I think they are turning that into uh, a, an activity, an, an acrobatic feat that you can accomplish uh, in the uh, a double skating. helix uh, yeah, triple sow cow, a triple sow cow double helix uh, with a McTwist. Um, in pairs skating. Now, now this <laughs> ice dancing actually. Okay. Uh, 1993. I was 13 years old, hmm. and I do remember shades of this because it was February 28th, 1993. Hmm. The Branch Davidian. Oh uh, yeah, I was Waco, 17. Yeah. Waco, Texas. I was stationed yeah. in San Antonio, Texas when it, yeah. or I was stationed in Masawa, Japan. Sorry. Oh, I, rem- I remember that. That was vividly. Yeah. huge for huge. several weeks, and then it's still been a massive point of controversy uh, as far as. Who started the fire? How did it start? Did it have to come to that? Janet Reno, right? Yep. It was Attorney the, General Attorney Janet General Reno the sent them in. Guns a blazing. It was pretty. It was yeah. I saw a documentary. David on it not Koresh. Too long ago. Yep. Yep. Uh, 1931. Any of you guys uh, college basketball fans? Mm, not so much. Dean no. Smith. Yeah. Mm. Coach of North Carolina. North Carolina. Dean Smith. Tar Heels. Was, Dean Smith was born 1931. Uh, he was coaching when Chris Weber called the timeout in the national championship game, so I'm going to move against Oh, that he that. didn't have, right? He yeah. called the timeout that he didn't have and got a technical or I, something? I, my memory kind of fuzzy. I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not remembering a lot of that one. Now, this is one that I had not heard of. In 1844, a couple years before I was born, uh, President John Tyler is cruising on the Potomac, and let's just say he did not handle this. Uh, you remember George Washington crossing the Delaware? Yes, yep. He didn't handle this uh, crossing the Potomac nearly as well uh, because he was on a, a brand new ship, the U.S. Navy's new steam frigate, the USS Princeton. And there were uh, 400 passengers on it. And they were interested in showing off their new weapon, a 12-inch 27,000-pound cannon called the Big Peace, Bertha. The Peacemaker. Oh, the Peacemaker. There of you course. Go. Why would it not be called the Big Peacemaker? <sighs> and against advice, they had fired it, saying it hadn't been properly tried. They fired it, and it was successful. So they fired it again, and it was successful. And so President... Tyler said, hey, why don't we give that one more try? Because the audience was going crazy, fired it one more time, blew up, killed several people on board. uh, And President Tyler was below deck, but they was able uh, able to get off the third round. It says proved deadly in the worst peacetime disaster of its time. The cannon exploded, killing several aboard, including... One of the individuals that Tyler had invited that he was trying to get close with the family because he was interested in marrying the daughter. Oh, wow. And it killed that lady's father. So his future father-in-law. Yeah, never got to be. But it, it, the, the, he did get to be acting a little bit like a hero because uh, President Tyler whisks uh, Julia off to safety in his arms. Julia's admiration for Tyler deepened into love, and they were married later that year. Wow. Even though he no was conspiracy partly there. responsible for wow. skipping the whole getting the father's permission. Wow. Uh, this one is way before—I was three years old, but uh, 1983, the final episode of MASH. Oh, yeah. Hmm. 
I don't know anything about that show other yeah, than it was uh, set in the Vietnam. Very, was Vietnam? Yeah, it was set in the Korean War, Korean. but it was actually, so they set it as a Korean War uh, saga, but it was actually a commentary on the Vietnam War. So they basically, all the negative, melancholy things that um, the writer, uh, Norman Lear, I think was the guy who produced the show, um, I know way too much about this, but basically it was kind of a commentary on everything about the Vietnam War. But it was set in the Korean War uh, period of time. Yeah, I, I just learned multiple things about MASH that I did not know. Yeah, yeah. All I knew was that I wasn't allowed to watch it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, I wasn't yeah, yeah. It's it's you're not you're not missing anything there. And then this one was listed under things that happened during the American Revolution, 1784. John Wesley charters the first Methodist church in the U.S. Mm, okay. That was listed yeah. under the American yeah. Revolution. What was that time period? Uh, February 29th. Most of the events that were significant had to do with the Oscars. Okay, I'm not a big Oscars guy. Nah, but the, there were there were two movies that were that 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 in what year? Quite uh, one of them was in 1940. Named okay, that movie. Okay, 1940 Oscar 1940. winner. So right before World War II, something with Mickey Rooney in it. It could have been. I don't yeah, know. it yeah. won. Yep. National eight, Velvet, maybe it won eight Oscars. An epic. Southern romance. Oh, oh gone, with the, gone with the wind. Gone with the wind. But this was a significant. It took it took home eight Oscars that year. But this one was significant because uh, the uh, it took home for best picture, director, screenplay, cinematography, art director, film editing, and actress ca- categories. Uh, but there was the um, uh, the housemaid. Um, Mammy, housemaid and former slave, played by uh, McDaniel. She was the first African American actress to ever win an Oscar. Nineteen forty. Nineteen forty. Wow. And then in two thousand four, this movie won eleven Oscars. Two thousand and four, including everything that it was nominated for. It was nominated for eleven Oscars and won every single thing. Two thousand and four. Oh, Picture, oh. director, adapted screenplay, original score, song, visual effects, art director, costume design, makeup, sound mixing, sound editing, everything that it, it was nominated for. Two thousand and four. Was it Titanic? Was it, and the one, Maybe? the one was area that, that they earlier, actually wanted later. it to win was with Best Supporting Actor, but this individual was not allowed to be nominated as a Best Supporting Actor because the individual was not actually in the movie. Mm. It was a CGI character. Oh, oh. But had been patterned Could it after. be uh, Lord of the Rings? It could be. Ah. Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. Uh, Return oh, wow. of the King. Wow. I liked those movies. Yeah, yeah. I liked those movies. We binged watched those on a snow day in New Hampshire about we, we 10 have years the, ago. We have the big, thick the box the set. box yep. set yep. that if you ever have time, which we never will, but if, <laughs> yeah. you ever, yeah. if you ever have time, you can watch the whole thing straight yeah. through. And they have extended scenes and everything. It's longer than it, oh, it yes. was before and all that. You know who it's first, the first person I knew to buy the, the director's cut of Lord of the Rings? John Collier, former radio station manager. You have to wait till your kids are old enough to be able to handle the orcs. That's the main thing. Once the kids are old enough to handle the orcs, they can watch it with. Until yeah. then, you enjoy yeah. it. Still you know. one of my favorite um, my favorite movie quotations that I like to use all the time is the you shall not pass <laughs> yeah. with yeah. Gandalf. Yeah. So those are the only two big things that I found that were significant to me on February 29th. I'm sure there's a lot more. Mm-hmm. And then today, March 1st. 1932, 
This one, again, huge news in America, even though I was not around, but I've still heard about it. <laughs> the kidnapping of... What year? 1932. Lindbergh baby. The Lindbergh baby. Yeah. 1932. Lindbergh baby kidnapped. And the... Not to be confused with Charles Lindbergh, right? No, it is. It, it is, is Charles his Lindbergh. child. It's his child. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Charles Lindbergh III, a 20-month-old son of aviation hero oh, Charles Lindbergh, right. yeah. kidnapped. Yeah. Sad, sad They went on yeah. uh, for months looking for, trying to find clues, only to find out that the child had actually been killed yep. the very night that it was kidnapped. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 He was kidnapped. Yeah. I believe the, the men who kidnapped and killed the baby were... Uh, had to face the death penalty. Yes, uh, he was uh, executed. Uh, the evidence, and it was really one of those things where the evidence really didn't matter too much because the, uh, the national publicity. outrage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah. evidence and intense public pressure were enough to convict H A U P T M A N N Haptman. Yeah, as he was electrocuted in 1935. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it was one of those first times, I believe, that the media used the term "crime of the century." I think is oh. you know that's where a lot of uh, there's probably some radio history in there somewhere. But yeah, yeah. kidnapping was uh, made a federal offense at that time. Uh, following that one, uh, then we're going to go back. Uh, let's work our way backwards. Um, I don't know if any of you are around for the Salem witch trials, uh, no. but that was I back in uh, no, 1692. And then uh, in just missed it. Yeah, uh, in 1781, the Articles of Confederation were ratified. Mm. Uh, in 1872, Yellowstone Park. Oh, Yellowstone Park was established. Have either of you ever been there? I have not. Never have. That is one of. I would just love to go to one of the epic parks. Yeah. Uh, I have not been to Yellowstone. I have not been to Yosemite. Uh, I haven't been to. Uh, the Grand Canyon, Glacier, I, I, uh, Glacier. I know I don't. I haven't. I haven't. Yeah, it's. Uh, I've been to the it's... Royal Gorge. Um, that's the, oh. probably the biggest uh, national park I've been to, which is like a miniature version of the Grand Canyon. It's just no, not as. I was as say, I've done that at buffets before, but I've never. <laughs> the Royal. Uh, the you, you know I believe Ken Burns did a series on the mm-hmm. national parks. Which yeah. is pretty yep. amazing. Yep. Yeah. yeah, Teddy Roosevelt played a big role with those. Yeah, uh, and then we. Um, uh, 1961, uh, the Peace Corps was established by President. 1961? 1961. Kennedy? Kennedy President John yeah. F. Kennedy. Yeah. Ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can you do, do for your, your country. country. I believe that he was referring to, he was talking about the Peace Corps right in that same speech, I believe. Oh, wow. Yep. And then uh, in 1969, Mickey Mantle retires from the New York Yankees. The Mick mm. retired. So there are a lot of a lot of cool things, and now there's also a lot of other historical things that took place. That as I looked through, I was like, I don't know what any of these things are. So <laughs> yeah. I'm not even gonna. I'm just not one of those. You that, don't want to fake your. I way don't through it. do a very good job. And we have a very well-read listening audience too. So you don't want to. You don't want to pretend. They'll, They'll call, call you out. out. They'll call yeah. you out. <laughs> wow. So yeah, and we have people uh, literally watching from all around the world. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna switch camera angles here and go through this list, and then we'll take a short break and come back with this day in history. But right now we have. Uh, Let's see here. You guys can. I'll just. I'll let you see everyone who's on there. Uh, CW is watching. Mimi's watching. Uh, Jeff, all the way from Watertown, Wisconsin. One of my professors is watching. Thanks for uh, watching there, Jeff. PC's watching. Yes. Wow. I wasn't going to say his last name, but yeah, Jeff Drost. Sorry, Doctor Jeff. (laughs) Jeff Drost. 
one of my mentors when it comes to organizational leadership. PC, longtime listener and contributor. Uh, BT, related to JT here. BT. And um, the person whose name I'm not allowed to mention. Okay. Right. We'll, we'll just give the first we initial. We won't even say who they are. No. At all. No, I don't even want to do that. But T. Maybe they yeah. start T. with a T? T. Okay. T's good. T's good. T. So, yeah, speaking not of T. Not to be confused with PG Tips. Drink PG Tips. It's different. It's Britain's number one tea for only two pounds and 65 pence. All right. Anyway, uh, <laughs> available at uh, British grocery stores near you. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, a little more live till five, including... Some Chamorro heritage information, some Chamorro history, some myths of Guam. Josh Taylor's going to hang around. He's got a little book here, and uh, we're going to talk about Chamorro history. So you stick around, listeners. It's episode 305 on this Friday, March 1st, 4.24 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. Glad to have you with us today. Back in just a moment. with a little more live till 5 Friday, March 1st, 4.29pm here at the KHMG Studios If you ever miss part of the show, Saturdays from noon to 2 or Sunday nights from 7 to 9pm, catch us on the rebound when we rebroadcast the show in its entirety, all two hours. Most people can't just sit and listen to two straight hours of radio Some of you do. Some of you KHMG is the background music of your life There was an easy listening station when I was growing up that that was their their, uh, little motto Listen to KMBZ, the background music of your life. They were kind of like an elevator music type uh, place. Yeah. But I do know some people, they just leave their radio station on all yeah. the time on KHMG, and people tell me that all the time. Yeah, many people have told me that over the last few years. Yeah. And it's it's pleasant to do that. I have it in the office. Actually, I took my weather radio home. I need to bring it back. But I was listening online this week at my mm-hmm. desk, and it's just really nice to have. You have a little music. You have some some uh, Bible programming. You have some devotional things on there, the news, the weather, verse of the day. It's just a, a great way to have a little something playing in the background that's going to be edifying and encouraging. We hope that this show is edifying and encouraging to you and informative Informative as well, and it is uh, today at Harvest Christian Academy. We celebrated uh, Chamorro Heritage Day, and we talked a little bit about Guam and Guam history. And I'm gonna have Josh talk about some ghost stories from Guam here in a second. But uh, here's some interesting facts about Guam. These were compiled from Wikipedia, and uh, I believe this came from one of our local newspapers. I forgot to cite the source here, but they pulled a bunch of different facts. The editorial staff pulled up a bunch of facts here. This was just updated in September, but Guam's located in the Northwest Pacific Ocean. We all know that. We're actually in the tropical West Pacific, I believe, technically. The island was first visited by the Portuguese. Uh, Ferdinand Magellan came March 6, 1521, while sailing for the King of Spain. Guamanians get American citizenship at birth under Title VIII of the U.S. Code. However, the downside of that in the United States, the people of Guam are not given the full range of opportunities that many native-born Americans are given. There is a beach in Guam known as the Gun Beach. The beach also houses Guam's largest uh, beachside restaurant. Would you believe that the uh, uh, 
the, that Guam does not have sand? Yes, it's true. What you see on the beaches is coral, not sand. So it's actually a ground-up coral, according to this article. As per a study, the coral all over Guam uh, declined. There's, you know, Guam has a lot of coral reef around it. Declined 19% uh, from 2003 to 2011. Coral reefs are estimated to be responsible for providing more than $20 million to Guam's economy because so many people come to Guam uh, to go snorkeling and things like that. Uh, Of course, there's a little bit here about uh, the soldier Yokoi who was discovered in 1972. Uh, the economy of Guam supported by tourism and the United States Armed Forces. And we actually have a military exercise going on here on Guam right now. Descendants of Guam are from Austronesian people. They're the original inhabitants of Guam. And the U.S. House of Representatives has a member from Guam. However, the person is a non-voting delegate. And that delegate, Michael F.Q. San Nicholas, has actually been on Live Till 5 before. Hosted him on here about uh, two years ago. This month, uh, two years ago, March or February. So I'm going to switch back over here to Josh because I want to get a little bit of the, there are a lot of um, traditional, not really fairy tales, they're, they're myths. The Myths of Guam. Written by Cat Major there. Yes, by Cat Major. Uh, Where'd you she, get this book from? Uh, I actually got this from a bookstore that you have uh, featured many times here on uh, Live Till 5. I uh, got this down at Faith Bookstore. They have and a lot of good Guam stuff down they there. They did. I was, yeah. I was, I was very, and I've been interested in uh, several of the myths that they. Have. I, of course, uh, the uh, tale of two lovers uh, and the my, my my personal favorite, and I'm not going to get into it uh, too much here, but the legend of Chief Gadao, uh, both his battle with uh, Chief Malaguana of Tuman Town and uh, Chief Gadao of Inarahan, uh, and really how they. They paddle in opposite directions and rip the canoe in half. Uh, that's and, uh, that's uh, memorialized in a statue down in yep, Iran. Down in Iran, very cool. Uh, and then his uh, his three feats of strength, where Chief Gadao uh, was going to be allowed to be the the grand chief, the the main chief of Guam, if he could accomplish three feats that no one else could do, which was swim around Guam. I believe it was thirty times without stopping. Uh, he did that piece of cake, uh, and then he had to take a coconut and crush it with one hand, which he did that instantly. And then the last one was, I believe, he had to level Mount Lam Lam, hmm. uh, and so he had to he. But he was kind enough to put it back when he was done. Okay, so, wow. Uh, and as I've as I've been reading through many of the different myths, uh, that's what kind of makes them cool. Is I've had I, I've uh, read and heard many different versions of it. But that's really what you get when you have myths that are passed down from uh, yep. from generation to generation. Uh, and so, what uh, what Cat Major does at the beginning of hers is says she's she's tried to stay as accurate based on what she's known. But again, when you have things yeah, passed down oral orally, tradition, yeah, uh, you have your different flavors of it. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm not gonna go through all of these. I want to pick a couple of them, but uh, probably the most famous one, the most famous Guam myth, is the legend of the Tatamonas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with that, uh, a new fat. He's actually my personal favorite. Uh, and when I'm uh, explaining that one to my students, a new fat. A new fat. I, you just got to whistle. As long as you whistle, I've heard. You're, I've, you're I've actually heard. We had uh, two little neighbor girls uh, believe that. Yeah. So as long as you whistle. Now the whistling doesn't actually, according to uh, what I read in this one, the whistling doesn't put him to sleep. The whistling actually wakes them up. So as long as the uh, you're going into the the uh, Chamorro burying grounds, as long as the spirits are awake, 
that's how you don't offend them. Okay. It's when you surprise them. Yeah. Uh, and then you have uh, Serena, which is a really cool story. Uh, of course, two lovers. Uh, you have the legend of the cow and the carabao, which I would be interested. I haven't read that one yet. I'm going to. The legend of the coconut. Uh, the, uh, the boy who jumped to Rota. Okay. The boy who jumped to Rota. Uh, the Legend of the Flame Tree, which as I was talking with some of my students, again, I haven't read that one, but as I was talking to some of my students, they like, oh, that one's so sad. And it really, you know, the, the very last line of that, of that legend, even today, the red blossoms of the flame tree bear one white petal with tears of blood red on it. Hmm. So that is that's sad. That's I, all I need I, to know. I read the end of the story, but I still haven't read the other part. But when one of my students said, oh, that one's so sad, I was like, oh, one. but uh, I'd like to share with you the legend of the Duendes. OK. Are you, are you OK with that? Yes. I'm I, and I really don't know where the legend comes from. I know that basically I think I know what they are, but I'll let you go ahead and the, read the, the story. The legend of the Duendes. Uh, the Duendes. Uh, Chris, do you know who the Duendes are? No, I do not. Jared, give me give me your educated guess here. I believe they're very short, spirit, mischievous little. Um, uh, they're the uh, Chamorro version of leprechauns. They you are. They are. They are. I, the, I was going to guess sh- that the short. Yeah, I was going to guess ones. that. Uh, now I've actually, um, in some of the things that I've read in the research, it, they said they were the uh, spirits of the Chamorro children. But again, heard many different things, but. Uh, the mischievous part that is that is accurate. And where do they live? Oh boy, where do they reside? Where do they live? Hmm. I thought I don't know. They lived in the jungle, but you maybe are, I just no, assumed no, 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 they'd no. be in the jungle. You are correct. Okay. Well, it only makes they sense. They are. They are the people of the jungle. Mm-hmm. And so the main thing that you don't want to do is you don't want to again get uh wan- You don't want to wander off and get lost in the jungle. You want to step on uh, one. And the Duendes, these are the ones. And so uh, this is from Cat Major. Uh, I'm not going to be able to read all of it because it's a couple pages long, but I'm, I'm going to jump around. So this is the story of, of Benno. Benno loved to watch the spiders stand like sentinels until a movement of the web alerted them of it, to a guest at dinner. She gazed at one and then the next and then the next and then the next until she was, you guessed it, deep in the woods with no knowledge that she was actually heading there. Her family was far away by now, but Benno felt no fear. She'd been in the jungle with her older sister and father many times. Being quite young, however, she soon got tired. And what would you do if you were lost and in the jungle? Um, uh, Get my cell phone out and call for help. Well, what Benno did is she decided to take a nap. Okay. I mean, because why would you That's not? That's another do that? option. Yeah. Why, if you are lost and in the jungle, it's the beginning she of decided, many a great uh, fairy tale. Yeah. But she dreamed that two little eyes peeked out from behind a bush. Hmm. She was in that land between awake and asleep. Yeah. Until she realized that those eyes were actually the duendes that had been planning. Quiet. You'll wake her up before we can get her. Hmm. You stepped on my foot, squeaked a voice. Let's get the banana leaves, whispered another. Shh, all of you, said the leader. And the leader, of course, Dudley. Why would it not Dudley be Dudley? The Dwenda. Dudley the Duenda. Dudley. Hmm. Bring the leaves quietly. Because do you know what their plan is? These are mischievous people. 
their plan. They're going to cook her? They're going to cover her. Oh, okay. They're going to cover her, and then they are going to pronounce an, a magic incantation. And what the duendes do is because the duendes are small, their magic incantation makes you... Small. Smaller than them. Ah. The magic was spoken. The child would shrink smaller and smaller and smaller until she was even tinier than the duendes around her. Mm. But the young girl, when she realized what was happening, it says an older person might have quailed at being in such a situation, but Benno became hysterical. (laughs) She laughed. First a little giggle, then a solid ho-ho-ho, soon a rippling ha-ha-ha, then a roaring, tear-forming laugh rolled out. When the duendes heard that, they were so surprised. And then Jojo started laughing, and then Dudley started, and then the rest of them, and soon they were all hee-hawing hilariously. And so what did they do? They let the little girl return back to her normal size when she didn't wander off into the jungles again. It's like it's like the the it's honey I shrunk the kids the original <laughs> version. That's right. That's right. You know th- this was the way that parents and grandparents kept their children in line right. by telling them scary stories. Right. Like, can we go play in the jungle? No. Have you ever heard the story of the duendes and then they tell them some crazy story like that well scare them now i've talked to several students about this and um uh, one of them my favorite said oh yeah well because we, we went on a hike last week or two weeks ago with the eighth graders went on a hike and we were back in the boonies and i said hey watch out for the duendes and then one of my students says well do you know what the duendes actually do i was like no actually i don't i know of them mm-hmm. but i don't know what they do he says well they shrink you i said well, they do that yeah and then they take your clothes because they need your clothes because they've worn theirs out. So they shrink you, they take your clothes, and then they go and they drop you off somewhere. They don't hurt you, not usually not too bad, and then it's just you you wake up, but you're missing your clothes. Okay, so, yeah. That... Why don't they just shrink your clothes? <laughs> yeah, what? yeah. I don't know yeah, understand but, that. But that wasn't, yeah. in, that wasn't in this version right, of the, right, the myth. But right. again, that's what... That's part of the oral tradition. Yeah, that's hmm. so, so those things. That, cool. that I'm, I'm seeing with that one. So sounds cool. like they need a tailor. And then, uh, j- real quick, do we have to have yep, time? You for have time Ser- for one more. Serena. Yep. Uh, Serena, and again, uh, Serena. She was just a girl that loved to swim. Uh, unfortunately, she did not love to follow her mother's instructions mm. as far as when it came time to come yeah. back in from swimming. Of course. And she was out supposed to be. And again, many different versions that I've heard about this. But really, what it comes down to is. She was, she she wished that she was a fish, and then she wouldn't have to worry about doing her chores. And her mom w- told her, "Go out, take care of your responsibilities, come back." When she didn't, mom put a curse on her and turned her not into a fish, turned her into uh, half a fish. Mm. So that's when she became the mermaid. And probably my favorite part of it is that if you want to catch her, the only way to catch Serena mm. is you have to use a net, but that net must be made of... It's like human hair human or something? Hair. Yeah. It's the only way that you can catch her. Yeah. And now there's a lot more details and a lot more different varieties of that, but uh, again, very cool. Very cool myth. Yeah, hold up that book again for our listening and viewing this audience. This is The Myths of Guam, The Myths of Guam by Cat Major. 
Uh, and I got it again. Just uh, and it's available down at Faith just Bookstore. Got it at Faith Bookstore. Everyone's favorite, known around the island for her creative work. Cat Major makes the myths and legends of Guam come alive for youngsters, oldsters, and oldsters. all those in between. Mm. There you go. And if you go by Faith Bookstore, uh, tell Ian and Barb and all the nice people down there that you heard about their Guam book selection and uh, that you want to get the Myths of Guam by Cat Major. So there you go. Great. Josh, thank you very much. Thanks for coming up here in the midst of your busy, busy schedule. It's all good. I'm excited about the weekend, so yeah. fun stuff. Um, what do you have going on this weekend? Pretty much everything. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's so, supposed to kind of be a day off so, on Monday, but it doesn't sound like it's yeah, going to so, happen. So tonight, uh, I've got, I'm have got i watching my five boys while my wife does something with uh, uh, the two oldest uh, daughters. And then uh, tomorrow, I'm going to the Guam Spelling Bee. Uh, Sophie Espeldon oh, is yeah. in the Guam Spelling Bee, okay. representing Harvest Christian Academy, which you can watch live on guampdn.com. Great. Uh, and then from there, we have the Harvest House Spring Picture event. That's right, yep. Sunday, of course, is the uh, the Missions Banquet Conference, the uh, Missions Focus Day. And then Monday was going to be glorious and free, but then there's also the Tumon Bay Music Festival that yep. uh, will be— Is your daughter, daughter performing in that? My daughter is involved with that, so— you know, it's it's a blessing and a curse to have talented kids. Untalented kids, you know, their parents have more free time, frankly. <laughs> but, you know, talented kids, of course, get to use their talents. So, great. Well, Josh, thank you very much uh, for coming on the show today and filling in. And I uh, uh, hope you have at least a little bit of rest time in between watching five boys and running around to ten different events. So Yeah, it's, it's like one of those times you just say, hey, have a day. Whatever day you have, that's, right. I'm not going to tell right. you what kind of day you need to have. So, hey, have a weekend. Have yep. a weekend. Yeah. All right. Well, Josh, you have a weekend. Appreciate brother. it. Brother. Ho- hopefully you have a great one. And uh, listeners, you stick around. We have a little more live till 5 uh, to go. It is 4.45 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios, episode 305 on this Friday, March 1st. Talking about Chamorro Heritage and Guam Heritage today because Monday the 4th is Chamorro Heritage Day. And we observe that today here at Harvest Christian Academy. So we're going to take a short break. We come back a little more Stranger Than Fiction and some Guam history. Stick around. And we're back with a little more Live Till 5. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. This is episode 305, 305, March 1st, 2019. Talking about Chamorro Heritage today a little bit. Probably not doing it justice, not even coming close. So we're just doing a a quick flyby. Much more could be said. Chamorro history deserves uh, a serious study. It's wonderful, rich culture. We love it, and uh, we're so grateful to be on Guam and uh, residents of Guam, um, not Chamorro, but uh, residents of Guam, and the people here are hospitable and really one of the friendliest places on earth. I think warm climate, warm personalities. That's, that's just my theory, as I've lived in a lot of other climates. But I went to the Guam Guide on uh, online. You can go to the Guam Guide, and it's got all kinds of things to do. It's got 
all kinds of historical things, um, things about each of the villages on Guam. It's got some information if you're moving to Guam. It's got all different restaurants listed. And uh, there's, a, there's a multi-page article on the Guam Guide about things to do, 10 uh, wonderful experiences if you want to experience the culture of Guam itself. Now, there's, there's a lot of great stuff to do on Guam. But one of the things is eat like a local. And it says there are five foods you must try. First, Keliguin, of course, one of the best. Shrimp, chicken, beef Keliguin. I think beef is my favorite, honestly. Um, it's a com- combination of lemon juice, onions, hot local peppers, salt, sometimes grated coconut, beef, chicken, even spam Keliguin or seafood. Caron pica. That's a Chamorro word, caron, uh, translated means stew. The word pica means spicy. has soy sauce, vinegar, salt, black pepper, onions. And uh, there's a number of other things to try. Uh, Thinadini. Um, and then, of course, a lot of great fusion food here on Guam as well. Uh, red rice. Uh, Umatic. You got to go down and see Umatic. It's so beautiful. The bay, just the all the neat little things about the, the little village of Umatic. Uh, let's see here. Shop, eat, and be entertained at Chamorro Village. Now, Chamorro Village, uh, Wednesday nights is the big night to go down there. But um, you can you can go down there. There are some things open all the time, like some of the restaurants and some of the smaller shops. But the big energy night is Wednesday night down at Chamorro Village. Stroll through uh, Inarahan Village. There are some interesting things to see in historic Inarahan. And uh, Jeff Pago uh, down there, the, the cultural... Um, it's kind of a, a cultural center where you can go down and, and see some some living history. And then, of course, there's some some neat uh, commemorative things down there. Um, go to a local village fiesta. If you check the local media, the newspapers and things, they'll talk about different villages and when they're having their special fiestas and mango fest and, and uh, pika fest and different things like that. Shop the Manilao Night Market. Every Thursday night, so it's a it's a great kind of like Chamorro Village. Excuse me for a second. Sorry, I never uh, sneezed on Facebook Live. Hold on. Ooh, okay, yeah, there you go. Uh, World War II museums and parks. There's a great World War II Pacific War museum um, that uh, you can go to down right outside the the front gate of. Uh, Naval Base Guam. And then, of course, there's all kinds of different fairs and things that come here. And then the Guam Museum. It is a beautiful place. And they have different um, traveling exhibitions and things that are there. And it's a great way to just... It's centrally located right there in Haganya as well. So I'd really encourage you to to uh, get down and check that out as well. So, um, And then I want to make one final mention. You know, our current governor of Guam is Governor Lou Leon Guerrero, and she was she was inaugurated January 7, 2019, so she's, she's new to the role of governor of Guam. But did you know that there are a number of living governors still on Guam? Paul McDonald Calvo, uh, who was uh, governor from 1979 to 1983, uh, he's still alive. Joseph Franklin Atta, or Joe Atta, was governor from 1987 to 1995. 
Then you have Carl Gutierrez was governor from 1995 to 2003. Felix Camacho was governor from 2003 to 2011. And Eddie Baza Calvo was our recent governor before Lou Leon Guerrero, 2011 to 2019. One of the things I think is really neat about Guam is it's a small community and you actually get to meet some of these people. Some of these former governors of Guam, you'll see them at the store, at a restaurant, or at maybe one of their grandkids' school events, a concert or a sporting event. And I've got to meet, I think, every one of these uh, governors, and I've actually got to sit down and have coffee with a couple of them. And so really neat to live in a small community. And, um, you know, we wish the very best for Governor Lou Leon Guerrero as well, as she's she's got a big task ahead of her. And uh, as a former senator, she knows a lot about uh, how the government of Guam works. And so she's she's been in private business. She's been in the medical field. And now uh, as the commander in chief of the Guam Army National Guard and the basically the the head of the executive branch of Guam, we wish her the very best and we pray for our leaders and uh, hope that she is able to accomplish all the great things that she sets out to do. So Guam is a beautiful place. We're so blessed to be here And uh, tomorrow, Heritage Day, I'd encourage you on Monday, March 4th, the first Monday of every March, is a day to celebrate and to educate yourself about what's happening here on Guam and about the people of Guam, the Chamorro culture. And uh, the Chamorro people are very gracious, hospitable people who who have welcomed in so many other cultures to kind of merge in with theirs, but they also have their own distinct and separate culture that needs to be preserved. And I think if you go to places like the Guam Museum, you'll get to experience some of that. Go down to historic Inarahan and see some of that because uh, obviously we don't want that culture to get lost. Now, thank you for tuning in today. This this two-hour show went by so fast. Um, we just had a great time. I do want to put in a personal invitation, um, whether you're watching on Facebook Live right now or you're listening through our website, khmg.org, or you're listening on the radio, 88.1 FM, let me invite you, Sunday morning, 10.30 a.m. is our morning worship service here at Harvest Baptist Church. And I like to just always say, if you don't have a church home, you, you, you haven't been going to church, and you, you would like to come and just experience what, uh, uh, maybe you're looking for that spiritual connection. Maybe you're looking for a place to worship. Maybe you're looking for some friends. I'd love to invite you to come check us out here at Harvest Baptist Church, 10.30 a.m. Sunday morning. We're easy to find right off of Route 8, uh, Sergeant Roy T. Damien Jr. Street. Can't miss us uh, behind the mobile McDonald's about a mile, uh, not too far from the airport. But 10.30 a.m. Sunday mornings is our morning worship service. We have programs for all ages. They begin at 9.30 on Sunday mornings, classes, Bible studies for all the way from nursery age all the way through adult. 10.30 a.m. is our morning worship service. This Sunday evening, we have an international potluck banquet, and you bring food with you to share with folks. You get a dress in your own uh, cultural clothing, which is a great weekend uh, considering it's tomorrow Heritage Day the next day. And we're going to have just a great time. We're going to be talking about missions and taking the gospel to places that don't have it or where it's it's uh, under under represented. So we're going to be talking about missions all day Sunday. 
But love to have you. And if you do come because you heard about it here on the radio, please come up and introduce yourself to me because I'm one of the pastors at Harvest, uh, Jared Baldwin, and I get to host this show. 305 of them behind us now. And uh, love to meet you in person. Get on Facebook. Leave us a note. Harvest Family Radio Guam. Give us a little thumbs up. Follow us and you'll get updates anytime we upload a podcast or have something new we want to share with you. Go to our website, khmg.org. Download the podcast for the show. Download podcasts of other great shows as well. Listen to the live stream 24 hours a day, seven days a week through the website. Or go to 88.1 FM and uh, listen to our regular radio broadcast. And that'll do it for Live Till 5. Glad to have you with us. Episode 305 on this Friday, March 1st, 2019. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. Have a great weekend. You're listening to Live Till 5 on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio. Barragata Guam.